Oh, good morning. One of the most interesting conversations I think I had during the time I was working at Wolverhampton was when I went out of the open plan office and saw one of my colleagues work, uh, talking very animatedly to somebody else. And I was going to walk by and they said, oh, hello, hello, and, and beckoned me over. Well, I didn't know who this person was, but I very quickly discovered that they thought they knew me very well. And it's one of those very embarrassing conversations where you're hoping that something's going to be said at some point so that you can work out who this, this person is. And they were, they were touching my arm, they were laughing, they were joking, they were saying, how are things going? And, well, that was fine. Yes, yes, things are going fine. But then when it comes to the other side of the conversation, it's, it's a bit tricky, isn't it? You know, you say, well, how are things with you? And uh, you're still doing the same sorts of things and so on. And nothing through the whole of the conversation revealed to me who this person was. It was a lovely, lovely conversation. We are laughing and joking. I hadn't a clue at the end of the conversation who this person actually was. And uh, after they went away, I said to, to Fiona, my, my boss at that time, I said, this is a bit embarrassing, but I, I didn't actually know who they were at all. And she said, I haven't got a clue. <laughs> she said, I thought you knew them. It was one of these conversations where we just didn't know what was happening and where we were. Well, let's hope as we look at pastoral care this morning and just to get a few ideas about this, it'll give us just a few ideas about knowing what to say and where to, where to go. We've, um, we've sung a lot this morning already about Jesus being king and the reading we had from the Bible was about uh, the Lord's Prayer, Jesus teaching us to pray and saying, your kingdom come. So the first big, I'm going to say one big thing about pastoral care and then we're going to look at a few practical things. So here's the big thing about practical care. When Jesus came and people were expecting a, a king they were expecting somebody that's going to take over from the Romans, somebody that's going to uh, sort out the country. But if we look at what the Bible says about what Jesus said about himself when he came as king, it's got a tremendous amount about pastoral care, about his concern for others. Right at the start of Jesus' ministry, he says uh, this as he unrolls the scroll in the, the synagogue and speaks from the words of the prophet Isaiah. He says, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me like a king would be anointed. But what, to, to take over from the Romans? No, to, to proclaim good news to those who are poor, to proclaim freedom to those who are prisoners, to give sight to those who are blind, to set free those who are oppressed. All these people who are on the edges of things, Jesus has come to bring good news. And a bit later on, we see this being lived out. John the Baptist at one stage is in prison and he doesn't know whether Jesus is the one they, they, they're expecting, the Messiah. So he sends some of his disciples to ask Jesus, are you the one who's to come or should we expect somebody else? And the Bible says, at that very time, Jesus cured many who had diseases, sicknesses and evil spirits. He gave sight to many who were blind. So he said to John's messengers, go back and report to John what you've seen and heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the good news is proclaimed to the poor. So Jesus describes what it's like for him to be king in terms of lives being transformed. And just imagine if, if we were blind and we had sight, 
if we weren't able to walk and suddenly we're able to walk again, if we had leprosy outside of things and suddenly we're cleansed, just the tremendous good news that that brings to us. So when Jesus comes as king, he transforms lives in a way that we can't begin to imagine. Jesus talks then about bringing peace. He talks, he talks about Jesus there being king and that, that Jesus brings these things to his kingship. But Jesus talks too about bringing peace. And this is the second half of our big thing. And we've probably heard the word shalom, the word which is translated peace. But I just wanted to point out that when Jesus talks about bringing peace, it's a lot more than just not having a fight with somebody. It's about what we'd often describe today as well-being. It's about harmony, wholeness, completeness, prosperity, welfare, tranquility. Um, somebody was saying to me recently that Hebrew words can be translated usually about 11 different ways. And all of those ideas are in the idea of peace. So when King Jesus talks about coming and transforming lives, there's that idea of, of, kind of well-being behind it. So that's the, that's the big idea. Uh, but what I wanted to do this morning uh, is to actually just go through very, very quickly six areas. Um, so you know where, where we're at in the message. But six areas and challenge to you. That at the end, just what we're going to say is think about one practical thing we could do based on one of those six areas. And so that's, that's the challenge that's going to come up. So the first thing I want to say about pastoral care is, um, like my conversation where the person I didn't know who they, were, who they were at all, part of pastoral care is about getting to know one another. I think the first recorded conversation, other than God talking before the start of time, is with, with Adam, where God says to Adam, where are you, Adam? Uh, he's looking for him in the garden. And God says uh, to Adam, where are you? And that's a really good question uh, for us to ask each other in, in care for each other, when we're looking after each other. Where are you? How are things going? If somebody goes to, to see a counsellor, if they've got maybe things that are challenging, one, one thing the counsellor might say to start up is, how are things going? Where, where are you? And uh, that might mean, as it did for Adam, how, how are things for yourself? But... How are you getting on with other people at the moment? Adam wasn't getting on very well with, with Eve, was he, at that point? There's all this, this trouble. How are you getting on with me? How are you getting on with God? How's, how's your walk with God going? I think you've got a picture of Mother Teresa there. And uh, she famously used to ask people when she met them, How, how's your walk with God? How are things going? And there may be different ways of us putting that question and how we ask that question but getting to know each other. And where are you? How's, how's things for you? It's very easy to make assumptions about where, how, how things are going for people, or where things are at, but how are you? Getting to know each other. Second thing, just uh, thinking about, about pastoral care, is about something Jan's already said about, about accepting one another. Uh, Jan used the example about sort of last night where this person's being sick and they're not necessarily at their most lovable and most likable at, uh, at that stage. I was, I was going to tell you about somebody who was asked to meet with at the prison who uh, had got some various challenges and so I was asked to meet with him. And I had to go into his, his cell to, to meet with him. I had not met him before. Now, on the, on the whole, whole wall of his cell, it was about sort of eight foot by four foot, 
was a, a sort of what I'm best described as a montage of pornographic images. So it was obviously all these all these pornographic images he'd sort of um, put plastered over his wall. And uh, when I first met with him, he, he came up to me and he's obviously a convicted sex offender. He's kind of like this, this close to me. And it was, wasn't the best start <laughs> in terms of a relationship. It wasn't the best start in terms of getting to know somebody. And sometimes, as, as Jan was saying, when somebody's maybe being sick over you, literally, um, it can be a challenge, can't it? But one of the things that's kind of helped me as I've studied and thought about things is remembering that at the start of Genesis, and it talks about God making everyone in his own image. Now sometimes that image can be very distorted, can't it? It can be very difficult sometimes to see God's image in other people, sometimes. But actually everyone is made in, in God's image. And so as, as we meet with each other, as we support one another, to seek to see God, to see that image of God in other people. Does that mean we ex- accept the things that if people are doing things wrong? No, it doesn't necessarily mean that. When the woman was caught uh, in adultery in John's Gospel, Jesus doesn't talk about not accepting her, but he does say, go and sin no more. But there's something, I think, about accepting people as they are uh, in order that we can then move on and we can become closer to Jesus. So maybe that's something we might be be challenged by. And it says in Romans, uh, accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you. It's that wonderful verse early on in Romans, isn't it, about while we were still far away from God, uh, that Jesus died for us. So, getting to know each other, accepting one another as as we are. But then the idea of welcoming one another. We've talked about uh, Brexit already in the service and the the, the divides that there can be. And uh, certainly at the time where some of the the Bible was being written, there were huge divides uh, between different parts of the, the church, between those who were Jewish Christians, those who were Gentile Christians, and to the extent that they... There was a wall in the temple that said basically to the Gentiles, you go along beyond this wall, you'll be put to death. That's that's how big the divides were. But when Paul writes to the Ephesian church, he talks about Jesus being our peace, our shalom, our wholeness, and about how Jesus brings people together of very, very different points of view. Like Sam's already uh, said to us about what we have in common is Jesus. Now, quick question. Who lives in a house where a wall's been knocked down? Or a bungalow or, or something where, where a wall's been knocked down? So you have two rooms made into to one. So any, well, I, I do, but so, yes, it's one or two. Um, yes, yeah, yeah. So if, if you live in a place where two rooms have been knocked into one, the two rooms kind of become one room, don't they? So if you have the lounge and the kitchen knocked into one, it's not that the lounge becomes the kitchen or the kitchen becomes the lounge. Both are together, but both are, both are slightly different than they were in the first place, if you get my picture. And that maybe is a good picture. It's the picture Paul actually uses for the Ephesians about walls being knocked down. About how when we welcome each other, it's not that you become like me or I become like you. It's that actually we both become together uh, like Jesus. And we're both different. We're both a bit different when we welcome one another. So as we welcome new people into the church, we'll be different. We'll be different because they're different. 
So sometimes pastoral care is about knocking down the walls where there are differences. And um, as I say, with Brexit at the moment, I think plenty of differences. But that, so that was a picture of the Berlin Wall being taken down. So getting to know each other, accepting one another, welcoming one another, and then sharing with one another. That's my next one. Well, for this one, um, I've got the theme of food. Uh, and sharing food. That would be no surprise to anybody that knows me that I might be raising the issue of sharing food. But if you, I've got a good biblical precedent for this because if you look at the Bible and the amount of times that significant things happen when people are sharing, when it's over food, and people are caring for each other over food, it's amazing. That the first uh, time Jesus performs a miracle, it's party time, it's, it's over food, it's just a wedding. It's over food that Jesus shows he provides for us as he provides for 5,000 people. It's over a meal that a woman is forgiven her sins. It's over a meal that a man is healed. It's over a meal that when Jesus breaks bread on that first Easter day, he tells two disciples there's hope when they didn't think there was any hope. So I suggest in terms of pastoral care, and a very practical thing is, are there ways in which we can share food and share meals together? that would actually um, help us as, as we build our lives together. Uh, so we've got the new students a meal here next week at church. Um, Alpha operates on the basis of meals at men's breakfast that Hayden is, is organising that's coming up soon. So plenty of opportunities for, for, for meals. Just pick up from over here. Something I have up in my kitchen which I spotted a couple of weeks ago which is close to my heart. It says, uh, life is better when we eat together. And I think that's, there's a lot of truth. I'm like, it sounds like I might be silly, but I'm not. There's a lot of truth, I think, about when we share meals together. That really helps in terms of us building up our relationships. Uh, fifth quick point about uh, pastoral care is it's, a, it's very practical. It's about um, helping one another when we're in a position to do so. Um, there could be the risk, there could be the risk that we say to somebody as Christians, I'll, I'll pray for you. So, so, I'll, I'll pray for you. And James in his letter in the New Testament says, what, what good's that? He says, if someone claims to be to have faith but they've got no deeds. So if you've got a brother or sister who's without clothes and daily food and you say, well, well keep warm, <laughs> keep well fed, you know, but you do nothing about it, if you do nothing about it, what good is that? What good is that? So if we are in a position to help, God's love is very practical. And God looks to us to be a means in which, through us, he can, he can bless others. So is there something very practical that we're able to do to care for others? And finally, coming back to our theme of Jesus as King, that's almost a central part of pastoral care is, is about bringing Jesus to other people. It's, uh, Jesus is the one who ultimately brings uh, the comfort. He's the one that brings the strength. He's the one that brings the empowering. The Apostle Paul, when he wrote to the Corinthian church at the start of his second letter, said about it being God's help that helped him. He said... Um, thanks be to God for the God of all comfort he says and it's the God 
of all comfort who comforts us in our troubles so that therefore we can comfort others in trouble with the comfort we've received ourselves from God. It's a challenge to me uh, going into the prison in terms of I know the people in the prison don't want to feel that oh there's, there's some posh Christian or some Christian going in and that they're kind of like the recipients of, <laughs> of somebody from church going in. They want to feel, they want to a level with other people, they want to feel that we're equal brothers in, in Christ. And so as we bring, as we care for others, I think there's that sense of it's not us, it's not what we're doing. It's allowing God to use us so that, um, so that hopefully that we can be a blessing to, to others. And that, in a sense, frees us. It, sometimes there are things we can do practically to help, but sometimes there aren't. Somebody said to me recently at the prison, um, uh, I said, are you okay? Because I hadn't met them before. Um, and they said, I've just been sentenced to 12 years in prison and I thought I was going to be found innocent. Well, if you know a good pastoral response to that, <laughs> um, let me know. Um, sometimes we just need to be there for people, don't we? Sometimes we need to be there and just alongside people. So if we have things we can practically do, that's important. But sometimes it's important simply to be there and to share God's love with others. So bringing people to Jesus or bringing Jesus to people. So I so say I'd intended this really to be practical. We talked about Jesus being king, about he's the one that cares for others, he's the one that transforms lives. But these may be some ways over the next week. Maybe one of these or something, hopefully, that I've said in some way might have triggered off something practical. So, oh yeah, I could do that. I could speak to so-and-so. I could help in this way. Um, well, that's, that's made me think about things in this way. So, before we uh, sing again about Jesus, maybe we'll just pray very briefly and just pray that, um, that God will use us. Father God, we thank you so much that you call us into relationship and that pastoral care is all about relationships and looking out for one another and carrying one another's burdens. And Lord Jesus, thank you that it's you that brings transformation into people's lives when you come as king. So Lord, we pray that you'd help us to apply this very practically this next week, that you'd help us to care for one another, that uh, through doing that, Lord, that your kingdom would come as, uh, as we read about in that prayer right at the start. Lord, we pray that your kingdom would come and that you'd help us to be part of that. In Jesus' name, Amen.